Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is a special presentation for the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. Here's Rick Uccino on the Believe Podcast Network. What is going on, you guys? Rick Uccino here, SB Nation Believe Podcast Network, here with someone you know. She recently returned to AEW after an ACL injury. And she did it in surprising fashion, defeating Jade Cargill at double or nothing to become the new TBS champion. She is more than a woman. Chris Statlander, pleasure to chat with you today. How are you doing as you you reach out of screen there for a second? Yeah, my dog entered the room. Ah, We already have a run-in. This has got to be like record time here. Yeah, this has been a theme lately of uh, me doing these interviews. This happened on Monday also. Uh, ah. where, the other two were like wrestling in the background, but this is she's the best one. So, oh, okay. Well, try, I got I got two dogs, no, two cats, a dog, two kids. Trust me, my, my, I, I'm used to run ins and dealing with all sorts of distractions. So it's all good. Pups <laughs> are welcome on this program. <laughs> Uh, Chris, it's, it is a pleasure to get to chat with you today. Such an exciting time for, for AEW and yourself. Uh, first off, it's been about two weeks here, roughly since you've made your return to in-ring action and got to be pretty much a nonstop whirlwind for you at this point. There was no dipping your toe in. You went straight into the deep end. So how you feeling here now? I'm so tired and I am so (laughs) sore. Uh, yeah, we're not even, we're not even two weeks yet. Sunday will be technically two weeks. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was my decision uh, to kind of just jump right into it. I wanted to do the house shows or the house rules over the weekend. Um, and then I wasn't sure if I'd be wrestling on Dynamite two weeks in a row, but I did. So I just wouldn't uh, technically, I guess you can consider the match with Jade a match also, because, you know, it was a match. Uh, sure. It was just a very Bell short rang. one. Yeah, it was, it was just a very short one. But yeah, uh, being off for nine months and then. Uh, doing five matches in less than two weeks not my best idea but I I'm just so happy to be back and be a part of things again so it's worth it now being away from the ring for that long nine months off was there any kind of concern about you know ring rust especially performing in front of a live crowd which is obviously way different in experience than doing reps inside of a practice ring yeah I was uh very nervous about it um because it was in front of the live crowd. And during my first return, uh, we were still, we didn't have a crowd yet. So I was, it was able to like be a little bit more relaxed about it. Be like, these are just other wrestlers that are around the ring watching. They, they know, they understand what it's like to, you know, get back into the swing of things after being off for so long. Um, but yeah, I was very, very nervous about having ring rust and I feel like I'm doing an okay job covering it up so far, but I also did, um, a lot of in-ring training leading up to my return. And um, I think I was doing it at least once a week, every week for at least two months, maybe we were getting in the ring and doing like little mini practice matches and stuff like that. So I was, I was, I was doing a lot more preparation in ring than people realize. It wasn't just like first time you see me first time back in the ring. So there was a lot of preparation, making sure that we got over that ring rust phase. So, yeah. I heard you on Busted Open this past week, and, you know, it was interesting to hear your comments about 
being the first one to beat Jade Cargill, right? And I certainly understand where you are coming from as far as like struggling with comparing yourself to others. I run in that a lot in my own business and I do that way too much for myself. But I was curious if you've had enough time now to kind of reflect on on that moment because when you put together an, a streak as impressive as Jade Cargill did, uh, every AEW fan is going to remember when it was broken, how it was broken, and that it was Chris Statlander that ended her undefeated streak. So regardless of what you do from here on out in AEW, you have made your mark, right? They're going to yeah. remember that Chris Statlander kicked Jade Cargill off the top of the mountain. Have you had time to reflect upon, you know, what that means? Uh, kind of. Um, it does kind of, I, I've still, it takes me a while to really like process moments that have happened for me in wrestling. Um, Cause a lot of the times it is just like you show up and you do work and you do your job. And sometimes, I don't know, like sometimes it just, it just takes me a very long time to really understand like the gravity of what I have done. And um, also it's just kind of like we talked about just di diving right back in and just being so busy, like the past two weeks, like I haven't really had time to like sit down and relax and just think about everything that's happened. So it's still like, wild kind of I just like look in my suitcase and I I have a belt now and it's it, it's I'm still like figuring it out but um it is kind of crazy to think about like how I am the one that has that has done that and uh it, it might it might take me a little bit to really understand like everything that's happened but yeah it, it it's it's starting to settle in the more I get a chance to like sit back and relax a little bit uh, I'm not breaking any news here when I tell you that uh, wrestling fans tend to have mixed opinions on things, right? And uh, it's it certainly, there certainly was uh, in the reaction to to how things were booked with um, Jade having a match with Taya first and then, you know, another challenge is set up and then here you come and you beat her within 60 seconds. And I know certain people felt a certain kind of way about it. I personally loved it, right? Because it's like, to me, the story was Jade had gotten so confident and cocky in her abilities that ultimately that confidence betrayed her and and she kind of helped crumble herself down while you also took her out um you know what were your feelings on on how at least heading out there initially before everything was going down how it was going to play out um, i'm so sorry <laughs> oh let's just throw everything at the, at the wall here why not very i love it i'm so sorry um if i was at home right now my dog would be barking don't worry about it yeah, uh, I I think um, hold on, just <laughs> uh, I I think that it was very um, I don't know. It's it's hard to it's hard to really say what is the right or wrong thing to do when wrestling is an art form and everything is subjective. Everyone's got going to have opinions on it on what was the best way to do it or not. Um, and that's fine. It's fine to have your opinions on it. Uh, I, I do think that, sorry, it's the right. dogs are just very distracting. Um, uh, I, I do think it is, you know, Jade fell because of uh, her overconfidence and it's not my fault that she put out the open challenge and then I took advantage of that. And I'm also it's, sure that it's like 
I was fresh because I didn't just have the match and she did, but I also haven't wrestled in nine months. So how fair, how fair of a battle for me is that I've got, she said it in the interview, like the night before that I was a glass woman and maybe I am more fragile than I am now, but I'm not going to present that side of me to the world right away, but maybe internally, maybe I am a little bit more fragile than I was two years ago. But, uh, I, I think that everything that we did made sense and yeah, that's, everyone's going to have their opinions on it. So to try and say that we were right for doing it this way, like I understand why people think that it's a fluke, but I do hope that one day, um, because I, I believe Jade's taking some time off. Uh, one day when she comes back, uh, we can we can uh, prove that it wasn't just a fluke, and that I actually did earn the title and deserve the title and beat her for it. So we'll see. Now, take me through the moment of when you first come through the uh, the, the curtain there. Right, your music hits. You hear that pop from the Vegas crowd. First time in a long time. Was it kind of hard to contain your emotions maybe hide a smile a bit there behind that i'm gonna whoop your ass face that you had as you headed down to the ring to face jade cargill um kind of but not really uh i I remember i like i started doing kind of like a new pose in my entrance and when i hit the first pose i like i did it so hard that i started to lose my balance and i was like oh my god the first thing everyone's (laughs) gonna see is me falling so like but then I caught I, I caught myself and it was fine. But um, yeah, I, once that happened, I was like, all right, no, 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 game face. Don't even try a little bit. And then uh, I would say a little bit down the ramp. Like it, it's it's nice to be in front of all and like see all the fans around. So it's it's hard to not smile. But I feel like once I got close enough and like I was like, this is about to happen. Then it was very easy to maintain game face. So now you have the TBS championship belt, which became obviously so synonymous with Jade over the past 508 days, Um, specifically that design. And we have seen a different customized championship belts for past TNT uh, championship title holders. Would you Mm -hmm. like to see an altered version of the TBS championship created custom for you? Um. I don't know. I, I, I do think it would be really cool to have that. But I also think that it's important to kind of keep uh, keep it similar in a way where it really does show that you beat one person and it doesn't look like a belt is just made just for you. I feel like it's important to show that um, you actually did win it from someone who had it before. And I think that's it's uh it's just it's it's nice to kind of see like how one belt has traveled instead of like a new customized belt but i do think like for my own home purposes if i were to keep like a replica i would want like my own version of it but i do think that um yeah like i said i think it's it's nice to see that like this one belt has been held by multiple people and it, it shows that i did beat jade for this belt not for a belt that's my own not that like and it's not necessarily about the belt it's more about how what i do with it i feel so yeah so i mean kind of like what makes the stanley cup so you know iconic is the fact that that it's that it's not a different version of that trophy that is 
made every year like the Lombardi for the NFL. It is, hey, mm-hmm. boom. This is this is literally traveled to every hockey team who has won it since the 19-whatever. So, yeah. Exactly. And I think there's, like, it's not, I mean, obviously this is, all of AEW is still very new, uh, but it's almost like a nostalgic feel with the fact that, like, you're holding a piece of history every single time it gets passed on. And I think that's, I think that's important. So as cool as the custom customized belts are, I do think that there's something really special about just the one, the one that uh, gets won over by others. Now let's go back to uh, before you went on the shelf last year, I was having an absolute ball watching uh, the relationship between yourself and Athena uh, blossom Mm -hmm. on, on TV every week. Now, uh, the Athena that we see now, the reigning uh, Ring of Honor Women's Champion, is much different uh, than the one we saw last time you were on screen. What have you been? What What are your thoughts on uh, how your old friend has uh, evolved over these last several months? I mean, you got to do what you got to do, and whatever she did got her some gold, and I'm proud of her for that. And as much as it's not the same silly person i mean she's still very silly but very intimidating more so now than ever um and that's just a very frightening dynamic for a person to have uh but you know what she she won gold that way and uh good for her for doing that i i'm very proud of her for getting to the top um even if she had to you know not be as nice as she once was we all we all go through it i get it Outside of the ring, she's one of my favorite people in wrestling. I think she's absolutely uh, lovely and adorable, and it was a blast to get to talk to her, and I hope to get to talk to her again one day. Uh, she actually has not lost a match, a one-on-one match, believe it or not, since uh, All Out against Jade Cargill in September. She has been undefeated ever since then, again, winning the uh, Ring of Honor Championship, which brings me to a thought here of you guys worked so well together as partners and as friends. Do you guys do you believe that you would have the uh, same chemistry as opponents and rivals i would hope so um i i do hope that we do get the chance to uh eventually face each other i know it's kind of difficult position now with us both being champions of like different brands uh so it's hard to kind of make that happen um but i i do hope that at some point down the line we can we can test that uh opponent rivalry uh chemistry as well as our friendship one uh, exciting times, Chris, here for, for AEW. Um, Collision is getting ready to start. By the time this uh, debuts, this is going to be this weekend is when it's going to be. Saturday the 17th in Chicago, 8 o'clock TNT. Uh, mm-hmm. At risk of this uh, question being burnt by the time the interview airs, have you been informed about whether or not you're going to be involved with the new show at all? We've heard rumors about uh, brand splits and roster separations and all sorts of speculation. You're the TBS champion, so conventional wisdom would say you're going to stay on Dynamite, but have you been told anything one way or the other about where uh, your involvement with Collision? I have no idea. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a surprise for everyone as it is for me, and I think that's exciting. You never know. You never know uh, where a champion might show up. So, Do you have, I, you know... One, one feeling one way or the other, would you like to, if it is like a, a split, would you prefer to stay on Dynamite or help build up the, the new brand on Collision? I'd be willing to help out wherever I've needed to. And if I need to do both for a little bit, I'd be more than happy to, especially after taking as much time off as I had to because of my two knee injuries. Uh, 
I'm willing to participate as much as possible. So I, I'll be, hopefully you'll see me on Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. <laughs> you are ready to go anytime, anywhere. I absolutely love it. Um, so one of the things that I like to do with this new series here that I'm, I'm trying to get going here for, for SB Nation, the Believe Podcast Network, is take a, a look at people's journeys to where they are now. And, you know, everybody's path to the big time, whether it's one of the top two companies or New Japan or wherever it is, um, it, it's always different, whether they spent years, you know, busting ass on the independent scene, they went through a company training program. But I do feel like everyone's journey has either like one person or or one opportunity that comes along that a talent can kind of point at, pinpoint and say, hey, without that happening, without me meeting this person, I would not be where I am right now. Is there one thing or one person that you can kind of give some credit to for for you being where you are right now as the TBS champion in AEW? Um, I, I really feel like I have to kind of owe everything to create a pro where I trained at. Um, if I hadn't have found that school and found people like Pat Buck, Brian Myers, and believe it or not, MJF was there my very first day of training. <laughs> uh, I know, horrible to admit it, but uh, without people like that, um, VSK, uh, a bunch, there's so many people that just took me under their wing and helped me out that like, and it was very much within the creative pro family that I would not be able to be anywhere as close to where I am right now without them. And uh, I think we're, we're still a very like strong foundational, like friendship family type feel. And it's so nice to all these years later still have that. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I really do owe everything to creative pro. So, but not MJF. We don't need to inflate his ego any bigger than it already is. Um, now, before you, you got there, right, uh, and you were falling down in a wrestling ring uh, for a living, you were trying to make your living falling down for other people, right? So, like, where did the desire to try your hand to become a stunt double uh, come from? And, and how do you even get in that line of work? Because... The reason I'm asking is my two-year-old, uh, the way he throws himself down on the ground for fun at hours on end, I think he's on the fast track to, to getting paid for it one day. So how did you get into that kind of work? I I remember I was sitting in like my, my very first freshman year of college for athletic training and physical therapy. Um, I was like halfway through the first year and I was sitting there and I was like, I really don't think that this is for me. I don't want to do this. And then I started looking up or I, I literally just saw, like, sat down and thought, what what would be my dream job? And I was like, I think doing stunt doubling would be really cool. I was a gymnast for pretty much the entirety of my life, and I really liked action movies. And um, I just looked up how to train to be a stunt double, basically. And I, being from New York, uh, basically, like, New York and California are, like, the two best places to be located for anything movie-related. Um, but, uh, there was a, a school in Brooklyn called Hollywood stunts NYC and, uh, I found it. And then I did like their three week training course and, uh, I just fell in love with it. Yeah. It was like the first time in my life that I really felt like I was doing what I was supposed to do. And yeah, that's pretty much it. And then I was just like, this is so cool. I love this so much. Now did that training did that training help with you in the wrestling at all? Was there any that were the kind of like very similar things that you were taught? Did it kind of give you a leg up at all? 
Um, kind of. Uh, I remember we learned how to do like shoulder rolls and stuff like that and like how to fall down safely, which is very different from taking a bump though. Um, yeah. Stunts are way safer than wrestling. I will say that. Um, but uh, I, I do think it kind of helps like understand like the art of like combat. Um, but I do, I do attest a lot of my ability to my many years of gymnastics and like understanding body control and stuff like that. So it's a little bit of everything that I've done throughout the years that has helped me be the wrestler that I am today. Now, now once you, you know, retire many years down the road, multi-time TBS champion, you know, AW women's champion, once you've knocked all that stuff off the, uh, the, the goal set list there, um, any aspirations to get back into stunt work, maybe take it a bit, uh, a step further and, and do some, some acting in your future. Could that possibly be down the line? Something you want to do? Absolutely. Yeah. I, um, I, I still keep in touch with my original stunt mentor sometimes. And, uh, he he's tried to book me a few things and then it ended up not working out uh in more recent years um i remember i got asked about doing a stunt job like a week after i had my second knee surgery and i was like well i'm available but I <laughs> um so i i'm so open to doing anything uh acting wise and just stuff like that i i think it would be a very fun uh experience all right, Chris, this has been a blast. I cannot let you go, though, without asking you this this last question, right? So to just, uh, and this one's out of left field, right? So just a few days after Double or Nothing, right, there was apparently a UFO sighting and crash in Las Vegas. Did you hear about this? I don't know. I feel like I might have, but I I am not, I can't confirm that I fully remember that I heard about this. So apparently, right, there were these 10-foot-tall creatures with big eyes that were spotted on the ground of some dude's backyard after a crash that police officers even confirmed they saw something fall out of the sky that looked like a meteor. By the time the officers got on scene, though, no creatures were there. They, they, they had left, right? So, But I know you are a, a huge fan of space, obviously, you know, curious about everything that's outside of our planet, big inspiration for your past character work. Chris Statlander, do you believe in the existence of life outside of this planet? Yeah, absolutely. There's, it's the universe is infinite. To say that there's not some form of life somewhere, I think that's a little ridiculous to not at least entertain, like, even if it's just like single cell organisms, stuff like that. Sure. Like, I for somewhere in the infinite galaxy, there's something going on. That's all. Intelligent life, who knows? But life, yeah, they're the, the big difference between the two. Yeah, there's got to be something. Something somewhere out there, for sure. Well, Chris, this has been a blast. I've been uh, hoping to get to talk to you for some time. Thank you for uh, being so generous with yours today, and uh, good luck moving forward. I'm looking forward to watching more of you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.